From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Hey everyone, welcome to the Snakes Cast. I'm Jonathan. With me this week are Steve Tassie. Hello there. And Sean Jackman. Hello. And we're going to do another genre episode this time. We're going to talk about a genre of games called Dungeon Crawlers. Bit of a weird name, but trust me, it's going to make sense. Now, back in 1974, a little game called Dungeons and Dragons showed up, and it turned... It really did turn things upside down. No one had ever seen anything quite like it before. You get to be a cool character who can do awesome stuff like cast magic spells or fight with a sword. You get to kill monsters and take their stuff, which makes you more powerful, so you can kill bigger monsters and take their stuff. And there's this escalating cycle of killing and stuff, which is just so satisfying. You get experience points, you level up your character so you get new powers and abilities. Any of you out there in the audience who have played electronic games that had hit points, experience points, treasure, any of these things, all of that goes back to D&D. But there's a problem if you want to play D&D. It takes a long time. It takes a lot of effort. You need somebody to be a referee, a dungeon master is going to decide what goes on and everything. So, you want a bite-sized bit of dungeon adventuring, dungeon crawler board games have got your number. Steve. Yes. You look like the kind of guy who uh, appreciates a good dungeon adventure. I do. I've been uh, playing role-playing games since I was about 11 or 12 years old. I first encountered Dungeons and Dragons back then. Uh, got a subscription to Dragon Magazine. Oh spent, my goodness! Spent hours and hours and hours on uh, graph paper making dungeon maps and all of that good stuff. Oh boy, and that takes me back. Had nearly no one to play with because <laughs> only nerds play D&D. My, how far we've come. Yeah. Well, yes and no. We'll get to that a little bit later. What about Dungeon Crawler board games? They are a, a great way to get parts of the enjoyment of uh, role-playing games without all of the baggage and all of the, the downsides. Now, you don't get everything, uh, and for some people, the role-playing side of, of a, of a role-playing game right. is The idea of telling a story, having a character for. who changes and grows over the course of like a character in a TV series or something. Yeah, yeah you're not gonna... They don't have that. No. But they give you the exploration, the, the traps, the booby traps, the pitfalls, the monsters, the treasure, the secret doors, the spells. The killing and stuff. The don't killing, killing and, stuff. and stuff. They give you all of that, and they give it to you in a couple of hours instead of a couple of years for some <laughs> Pretty people much. If, if you are in a long-term campaign. Yeah, again, it's like a TV series. You get together to play an episode, yeah. but nobody watches one episode of a TV series most of the time. So do you have any, do you have any favorite Dungeon Crawler games? Oh, um, when I was younger, I got Hero Quest. Oh, boy. was exciting. So many cool figures and the... The, board the furniture and stuff, the that furniture, cardboard furniture yeah. with the doors the and the couches, the tables. And the book cases and the, the torture rack that was <laughs> like it was it was cool. It was very cool. Lots of bits, lots of um, just cool pieces, uh, and that was a lot of fun. It really did feel like you were exploring an imaginary little world, oh, yeah. and yeah. your guys got stronger as they got more equipment and stuff as they to, went on. To maybe risk sounding a bit sexist for a moment, hey, it was a it. dollhouse for dudes. It was really <laughs> what it was. Uh, not to say that girls can't play with dungeons and that guys can't play with dollhouses, but when you're 14, it's a dollhouse for dudes. <laughs> so, Sean. How about, uh, what, what do you think of Dungeon Crawler board games? Uh, I have little to no experience with them. They're, I, I never grew up playing D&D. &D. The closest I got was a series of 
choose your own adventure like books called the lone wolf series where you would have a character and you would have equipment and experience points and they would carry forward from book to book that sounds pretty good it, it was actually it was really neat but it was uh it was more literature rather than uh than a game itself um so i, I never grew up playing uh that kind of dungeon crawling game so I, it has never translated into my board game experience so do, do, you, do you sort of understand the appeal elements of this can you see why somebody want to play this or do you just look at them and say uh, uh no thanks you know what i would love to play them like i i like the idea of moving yourself through an adventure like seeing it as it progresses discovering things you didn't know were there up ahead of you around the next turn of the of the chamber or dungeon or whatever it is you're you're corridor we usually call it a corridor, corridor <laughs> the corridor a 10 by 10 foot corridor yes there you go yes a wooden door at the end of it um i would love you know like i would love to play those games it just they don't crop up in the group that i play with that often but i mean with experienced players if they wanted to introduce them i would be game for they, sure they mostly tend to play more of the european style games like yeah they, very much so yeah whereas uh, dungeon crawlers fall firmly within the category of ameritrash right for the most part. yeah Yeehaw. Let's see if we can sell you on the idea of, of playing these things. You're, you're already sort of sold, but uh, a lot of folks in our audience still probably don't uh, quite have it. Here's, to my mind, what a dungeon crawler offers. It offers exploration, achievement, and growth in kind of a cycle. So explore outwards, you find some stuff, you do it, then you get a sense of achievement from that, like you kill a monster or rescue a captive or something, and by doing so you get treasure and experience points which allow you to grow and get more powerful, and that starts the cycle again. You can now explore farther, make greater achievements, and grow farther still. Like, thematically, does it have to be set in a dungeon or a castle with swords and Absolutely sorcerers? Not. Can it be futuristic? Like, can I have a cyberpunk dungeon crawler? My like favorite dungeon crawler, in fact, is Mutant Chronicles Siege of the Citadel. It's uh, like a Warhammer 40k looking sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, dudes with great big guns shooting space zombies. and. Uh, yeah. Would you would you call Space Hulk a uh, dungeon crawler? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then I've dungeon crawled. That's uh, that's <laughs> in outer space. That's a, that's a uh, Games Workshop classic from back in the day. Although Space Hulk lacks some of the key elements of most dungeon crawlers, right. you don't get experience points yeah. and you don't get loot. Yeah. Or is, actually, Steve, what do you think? Is it still a dungeon crawler if you don't uh, if you don't gain in power, you don't get loot and, and XPs and stuff? I think so. Uh, I, I to me the the exploration is the key element that makes it a dungeon crawler. You don't have to have that achievement and growth. Well, achievement, I mean, winning the game is achievement. I suppose, but, yeah. but to me, it's really the exploration. Uh, yes, it's more of a dungeon crawler if you have the experience points and building up and accumulating stuff, but uh, really the exploration to me is what makes it a dungeon crawler. So technically, by my personal definition, a game like Zombies, counts as a dungeon sure. crawler. You are exploring the town, uh, meeting uh, new locations and conquering monsters and getting stuff. Whereas something like Munchkin, where you level up and you get treasure and stuff, is not. It's themed on dungeon crawling, but the actual mechanics don't match up to being dungeon crawling. See, that answers my next question. I was going to ask, do you need somebody experienced in the game as like a DM for it to be a dungeon crawler. Right, that depends on the game, I think. There's, there's some that I managed to do quite well without. Like, you take the Dungeons & Dragons uh, adventure system series, like Castle Ravenloft. Yeah. Uh, those are games where the game itself is the DM. And, right. it, and it's, it's like a cooperative game, like Pandemic or Forbidden Island. 
Uh, the, the game presents you with monsters and challenges and so on. You can go through different scenarios, and your characters get treasure and experience points and they level up. And you either all win together or you all lose together. Whereas something like Hero Quest, which Steve was mentioning before, you need a dungeon master who knows where the things are and puts them on the board at the appropriate time and controls all the monsters. The monsters in, say, Ravenloft are algorithmic. There's a, an AI right. program written on the monster card that tells you what they do, who they attack, how they move, etc. Which would you rather play, Sean? A game where you've got a human being who's presenting the obstacles or a game where it's more like Pandemic where the game presents the challenge to the players? Um, well, generally speaking, I mean, I have role-played before, not, like I say, never D&D, but um, I think I like the idea of somebody not, not necessarily uh, playing against you as the DM, but somebody who is taking your hand and showing you this adventure and explaining to you, like, like explaining a scenario to you and explaining the next step. Of, of the game. I like that idea. I like the idea of somebody being on the other side of the curtain. It's interesting too because usually in the dungeon crawler type games as opposed to the role-playing in a role-playing game that person, that referee's job is to create an even-handed uh, pleasurable experience for everyone whereas usually if you have somebody like that in a dungeon crawler board game they're, they're trying to murder you. Yeah, right. they're trying to murder you as many times as they can. Right. Let's actually talk about what uh, what makes a, uh, a game a dungeon crawler or not then, because we sort of hit on that a little bit before. Uh, just some examples here to toss out there. Hero Quest, dungeon crawler. Yes. Uh, you know, the, somebody was mentioning earlier on uh, Mansions of Madness, which is a Lovecraftian story where you have a uh, the keeper yes. whose right. job is to kill, <laughs> to murder all the players. Yeah. Right. Uh, but Arkham Horror, by contrast, same theme but because of the mechanics, not a dungeon crawl game. The whole board is there, you're not exploring, I mean, you're exploring in that you're moving from one location to another right. to find the clues, but you know what's there to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. The board is static, it never changes from game to game. Mm -hmm. Not a dungeon crawler. So you wouldn't think something like uh, Last Night on Earth or, or any of the other Flying Frog games would have that? I it's tough to say, isn't it? Because with Last Night on Earth, the board does change, but although you don't really explore, do you? It's all static during the game, yeah. which means you're not exploring the board. You're Same exploring thing. the different right. locations exactly. of the board to find stuff, but you're not going off the edge of the board to encounter new territory. And you may gain equipment or lose a weapon or anything like yeah. that, but your character themselves is not going to be upgraded? In... Not in the original Last Night on Earth, mm -hmm. but with the Timber Peak uh, sequel slash expansion, it does add experience points, which is an awesome addition to the game. <laughs> <laughs> I've not had the chance to try that yet. So, um, oh, another one, uh, Claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. I think, somebody mentioned Space Hulk earlier. I think Claustrophobia is a better Space Hulk than Space Hulk. <laughs> right. Because there's more variance in the, uh, the abilities the that you can do, the scenarios. There's much broader variety in terms of stuff you can do. It's two players only, just like Space Hulk. Well, you can kind of squeeze a third player in if you divide the humans into two groups, but that's splitting hairs. It's Fine. still, yeah, it's, it's, at heart it's a two-player game, and you can do that with Space Hulk too, I suppose. But it really does feel... Like the, the, the word claustrophobia is a great title mm. for that game because of the tension of wondering what's going to be around that yeah. next corner. Yeah. That uh, it, do you think that's really the essence of a dungeon crawler? You know, wondering what's, what's around, around the next that corner? corner. Absolutely. To me, to me, that is the quintessential factor of what is uh, what's a dungeon crawler. So for that, um, betrayal at House on the Hill. To me, definitely dungeon crawler. It is a haunted house story game. 
Um, has nothing to do with swords and sorcery, but it is definitely to me a dungeon crawler. The uh, as far as the DM thing, my favorite take on how it's, oh, sorry, DM short for dungeon master. That's the referee, the person who sort of uh, acts as the bad guys in a game. The best take I've ever seen on that is in a game called Mutant Chronicles: Siege of the Citadel. And that was that, uh, that science fiction dungeon crawl I was mentioning before. Here's how that one works. Ideally, want five players for this. You've got uh, five little teams of adventurers. These doom troopers are going and fighting and accomplishing missions. You've got one person. Their team sits out. And they get to be the Dark Legion for that turn. Their job is to kill everybody else. But you play it in a series of missions. After that mission's over, the game takes about half an hour, 45 minutes. You play again, and a different person is randomly chosen to be the Dark Legion this time. And while you're playing as the Dark Legion, you're scoring points by hurting the, oh. the, the Doom Troopers. So you want, it's a cooperative game with the other Doom Troopers while you're on, on that side. But you also want to do better than the others. So it's, there's this you tension. You want to be the baddest bad guy. Exactly. And there's this tension between cooperation and competition where you're sort of working together on the same team, like in Castle Ravenloft. But you're also sort of trying to screw each other over, like on something like Dungeon Quest. Are there any lean, lean dungeon crawlers that like could be played in about an hour? Actually, funny you should mention that. Well, we were just we just got back from Gen Con a little while ago, and Dungeon Roll came out this year at Gen Con. It's this cute little cardboard treasure box, and it's just a simple press your luck dice game, where you roll, where you somebody will roll for the level of the dungeon, and it'll have monsters and treasures and stuff like that, and then you have your little party of adventurers, your own dice, and you roll them, and if you have the right kinds of adventurers to beat these things, like if you have a thief, they can open the treasure chest. If you have a cleric, they can turn the undead. And everybody's good at certain things. You can re-roll and re-roll, just like in Yahtzee. So it's, 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 it doesn't have that what's around the next corner thing, except well, I suppose it kind of does, because you can decide dice, what's gonna, exactly what's, what's going to come up on those dice. dice. And you have to decide whether you're going to go one level deeper, and that, which means there's going to be more bad guy dice, which can kill your adventurers, or to go home with the treasure that you've got. So that's, that's going to be rolling out at uh, the cafe very soon. Chances are by the time this episode goes live, you'll be able to come on over and try Dungeon Roll. Quite possibly the, uh, the best available, really simple introduction to Dungeon Crawls that you're likely to find. Dungeon Twister is another one that plays fairly quickly. You can play mm. it in, in an hour or less. I don't believe we actually have a copy of it at the cafe, uh, although it might be up in our archives. I, our archives are so massive. There's so know. many. <laughs> the vault. Yeah. So never be afraid to ask about something like that. In any event, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed this little peek into a little uh, discussed outside of nerd circles genre of games. Come on down to Snakes and Lattes and try a dungeon crawler sometime. Just for the heck of it. What have you got to lose? Except your life. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Sean Jackman and Steve Tassie. Thanks for listening. Game on. Game, Game on. on. And thanks for listening. We'll have a new Snakes cast for you every week at snakesandlattes.com. In the meantime, you can follow us through your favorite social networking sites, such as Facebook and Twitter, or best of all, meet our gurus in person at Snakes and Lattes in Toronto. Until then, this is P.T. Douglas. Game on.